So I, uh, these are my notes. I'll explain why they're so big uh, in a minute. But you're okay for f till four? Yeah, we're all right. Good. Um, they're big because I've got a slight eye infection. <laughs> and so I've had to go, not wear a contact lens. So that kind of, right, I'll just go in big letters all over here. Um, but there's another reason why I tell you that. I think it's really interesting how our bodies and our minds always tell us when something isn't as it should be. Our bodies and our minds tell us when things are complex and things aren't simple. This uh, is part of a, a series that, uh, uh, as Dave explained, we're doing around uh, money and how we use money, uh, but also the lifestyles that we have that are associated with that. And um, oh, I am sorry. A moment with a Mac going wrong. Who would have thought that? There we go. That's the picture I wanted. Um, the question for all of us is, though, when we feel stress or confusion or ill health, do we take notice? Do we take notice? Uh, a friend of mine uh, who I was at university with called uh, Rachel, who's now the mother of three children. Um, when I was at university, I was one of those people that when I did the essays, they were always done at least a week beforehand in. Anyone else here like that? I'm so oh, good. Another person at the back there. Slightly smug feeling of getting everything done. Um, and, uh, but Rachel used to get really stressed and there were three of us that shared a house and her room was next to my room and she used to get really, really stressed about how was she going to get all this stuff done. And then in the end, she uh, said to me, um, what do I need to do differently? What do I need to do differently? And I said, it's simple, tidy your room. <laughs> Tidy your room. I sound like my mother. Tidy your room. Do something to make a simple choice. Tidy your room. So she started to tidy her room before she had to write an essay. And hey presto, as things around her became more simple, she was able to make better choices. Simplicity, living simply. It's about our lifestyle, it's about our money, it's actually about everything. It's actually about everything. But where do we begin? There's that really famous quote, isn't there, that says, the rich must live more simply so that the poor might simply live. The rich must live more simply so that the poor might simply live. Um, Dave and Anna um, were incredibly helpful to me uh, just uh, at the beginning of August because I had to move house. Um, and Dave uh, even brought a Sun newspaper for us to place in the front of the van we were driving just so that we looked the part. We then got rid of it, obviously. Um, uh, but I had to move out of the house that I was in and box everything up and put it into big yellow storage. Has anyone else got anything stored anywhere? Good. Oh, you have. You have. Um, 
It's a fascinating and awful experience all at the same time. But one of the things I had to do in order to put stuff into big yellow storage, if you want to nick my stuff, then uh, that's where it is, but you've got to beat the padlock that's on the door, um, is you have to do an inventory of everything that you have. Everything that you own, you have to make a list in order that your stuff is insured. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to think for a moment, how many items do you think you own? Okay? Tell the person next to you, have a little think for a minute. How many items do you think you own? Each pair is uh, one item. Okay, who, there's <laughs> an argument kicking off down here between Flick and Steve, just so you know, but this morning's service was all about peacemaking, so we're all okay. Um, how, uh, anybody, okay, I'm going to embarrass Flick, she just said she reckons she's got about 20 pairs of shoes. Anyone, <laughs> I'm holding in my reaction, how many... Anybody else got about 20 pairs of shoes? I think we've only got 10. <laughs> 30 pairs of shoes. 40 pairs of shoes. Is Imelda Marcos in the congregation? 50 pairs of shoes. No, 40. Okay. Um, as you were totting up your number of items... Did it start to possibly cross your mind that that is a ridiculous amount of stuff? That is a ridiculous amount of stuff. There is a, a guy um, in the States who really started to think this whole thing through and now is the proud owner of just 248 items. That's it. 248 items. I think I've probably got that many pens But when you start adding up the items, you start to realize, whoa, maybe I've got all the rhetoric around living simply, but actually I don't have the practice. And here's the thing, the money follows. The money follows. What if... What if we can live simply? What if we're meant to? What if we just need to make that choice? 
And like I said to you, I have gone through this moving out experience earlier in uh, the summer. And I'll be honest with you, it's been traumatic for me. It has been a really, really tough thing. But it's because of what this sermon's about. And it's because of a whole load of other stuff. And here's some of the questions that I think we all need to think about, which have come for me from this experience. Firstly, do I need this stuff? Do I need it? What's important to me? So a picture um, of something that I threw out. My sister's here today. She might uh, remember me and my uh, brother playing on this. Um, This was our table soccer. I've had that uh, since I was, I don't know, six. Um, I've had it in the house that I was living in for 14 years. I never took it out of the cupboard. I loved it. When I, when I looked at it before uh, Dave and Anna came round, it was so ruined and wrecked and useless. You couldn't have done anything with it, but the memories were there. What's important to me is the memory, not the stuff. What is home? And what do I want home that I have to be like? What do I value? What do I value in the things that I have? What is my process of grief and loss as I think about living simply? Decluttering. Here's the key question we're all meant to ask. How many of you like to declutter? Anyone? Yeah, some people are fanatical about it. Here's the question. If you saw it in the shop and you know you'd buy it, then keep it. If not, get rid of it. That's quite soul-destroying when you're going through your stuff. But if you saw it in the shop, would you buy it? And if not, get rid of it. You see, what kind of life do you and I actually want to live? What kind of life do you and I really want to live? And is the stuff that we have and the stuff that we buy really helping us? How simple is our life? And if we live that way, what choices and decisions do we need to make that will help us live the best way we can? You've all got a piece of string, everyone? So here's what I want you to do. On your palm of your hand, I want you to fashion the string in a way that depicts how your life looks at the moment. You might want to just do a soggy mess, or it may look beautiful. How does it look? And then I just want you to show the person next. Did you not get any string, Ruth? Here you go. Have mine. Have mine. When you've done it, just show someone next to you. Okay. I wonder if any of you would, um, if I asked you to do that just about work, 
<laughs> what shape you'd make, or your family, what shape you'd make, or my guess is that for many of us, it's pretty much like this uh, a lot of the time. Maybe you notice that it's messy, it's chaotic, there's disorder, it's complex, and it's unruly. And when those things are part of our lives, the result is that we feel stressed, anxious, tired, controlled, and unfulfilled. And I want to suggest to you that that chaos and those feelings that we have are fed and watered not by simple living or living simply, but by a set of consumption and 21st century myths that we've all bought into. And what are they? They're this, that small is not as good as big. Think about housing. That rich is always better than being poor. We'll talk about that. That possession and ownership are more important than stewardship not convinced. That scale and comparison are the key motives behind our all conversation that we have with one another. That having more is the ultimate goal. That busy means important. That not being busy means you're lazy. And fast is always best. Those are the myths. And because we buy into the myths, we buy into it. Except we all know that a single flower is far more precious than a bunch. And we know that poverty can be found most acutely in the rich. And we're pretty busy wrecking creation from our position of ownership. And we know that our self-worth is continually being destroyed daily through social media by this glorious thief of comparison. We know that sometimes having less means enjoy what we have even more, like the 20 minutes it takes to make a cup of tea when you're at Greenbelt and you're camping. And boy, does that tea taste great. We all know that business can be, for many of us, an addiction that we hide behind and find our value in. We all know that being available to the moment and the people we are with really does bring us the most joy we ever know. And we know that fast love and fast food will both break us. So we've been caught up into this mindset that isn't about living simply and because of that our lives and our money follow it. When you don't live simple, simply it affects your thinking. You use phrases like I have to, everything's important and so I have to do it all. I have to fit everything in. You say yes without thinking and you never stop to think why. And we end up feeling overwhelmed and exhausted. But when you live simply, 
choose what you do and you choose what really matters. You choose and you consider the impact of those choices that you make. You're able to say no and you dare to do less in order that what you do, you do better. You feel like you're in control and there is so much joy in the journey. What I love about living in London (laughs) are the roadworks. No, I'm joking. Isn't it incredible? Who knew that roads could be dug up so many times? It's wonderful. Um, The thing about our brains, we know this, don't we? The thing about our brains is that we get caught in our way of thinking and it's just habit. It's habit and something has to come along and disrupt it. And you know when people are laying, uh, doing the roadworks in London, what they're doing is they're digging up probably the cabling that's there in order to put some new cabling down. There's something new that needs to be put there. And the same is true for us, that we need to have that experience in our thinking in order that we make this transition from this way of thinking into this living simply way of thinking. And we need to practice that until it becomes our habit. So this rich young ruler comes up to Jesus and says, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He's a rich man with responsibilities. His wealth was seen really positively and something for others to aspire to and even a spiritual thing. And his question about eternal life wasn't about some, where do, can I shoot off somewhere nice when I you know, pop my clogs? It wasn't that, it was about now and then, and it was how do I live a good life? And Jesus' response to him, keep the law. And the man's, I've done all of that. And then Jesus is like, okay, Sell everything you've got and give it to the poor. That is some serious roadworks. Jesus is pointing out to the man his internal complexity, his internal chaos. And Jesus calls him to declutter The wealth you're holding on to, can you decouple yourself from it? Because behind the wealth is a mindset which is supported by that set of myths. That stuff comes before people, that money comes before compassion, that status comes before humility, that ownership comes before sharing, that big always comes before small, and that fast and more and busy and looks and appearance and etc. and etc. and etc. And Jesus says to the man, Can you decouple yourself from that? Will you be someone who loves people and not things? And we have stuff, and I like stuff. I like Apple Macs. I love it. 
but the truth for all of us, and it's not about whether we're rich or poor or somewhere in between, the truth for every single human being is that stuff are things that we hide behind. We hide behind that sense of I'm not enough, so I need to have this. Or I'm not worthy, so this makes me worthy. Or I'm not lovable, and if I have this, others will find me lovable. Or I'm not acceptable, and this makes me acceptable. Or I'm not wanted, and this makes me so. And that's not about rich or poor. It's about every single one of us. And Jesus says, can you decouple yourself? from the stuff. Can you decouple yourself? Uh, my brother-in-law was uh, telling me, like he does, just randomly in Latin, that the, <laughs> the word um, for baggage in Latin is impedimenta. Stuff, baggage, impediment, the thing that stops you, the thing that trips you. Can you decouple yourself? To live simply is to be intentional about the life that you want to live, rooted in the beliefs that are most vital to you and me, the ones that are about following Jesus, the ones that are about people and community and creation. So how do we start? Take you back to that story of my best mate at university, Rachel. How do we start? First thing, Rachel, tidy your room. Tidy your room. Genesis 1 is this piece of prose, this poem, that has this sense of movement about it. Where in the beginning it talks about abyss and darkness and chaos. And then there's light. And then there's space. And then the word gather is used to describe how all the water is brought up into one place. There's this pattern from chaos into order. And we get there by simplifying. For some of us, this is how (laughs) our rooms look. Anyone? Yes. (laughs) Any students here? Any adults? For some of us, this is how it looks. And the first thing we have to do is declutter and simplify and separate out to sort out what is wrong. That's why last week when Nathan spoke and he talked about debt, When you go and see the debt advisor and you take in all of your debt in all the different places, what happens? All the debt gets put into one space and you deal with the debt. Choice limitation. I've realized that my wardrobe is just a few particular colors. Why is that? Because I'm limiting my choices. Why is that? Because it's when I go shopping, I know if I see anything that isn't those colors, I'm not buying those things. Steve Jobs and Steve Chalk, but Steve Jobs, what did he always wear? Black, black top. Why did he do it? 
because he was restricting his choices. He didn't want to spend loads and loads of money on what he wore. So can we. When you go and see someone with a life issue, what does that person talk to you about? Well, they pile through all of the random things that are part of your life until they get to the one thing. What's the pattern of creation? It goes from chaos to order. And how do we get there? We get there through simplifying. So this myth that there's been that more is better, what if less is? What if less is actually more? That you go from the much to get to the few, and when you get to the few, you get to the best that there is. So the questions that I think we need to ask ourselves are this. Am I really living simply? And do I spend my money in a way that reflects that? Do I need to declutter? Do I need to let go of anything? And ultimately, what kind of life is it that I want to live? Just to finish, there's the other story of Jesus early on in his ministry where he encounters Matthew, the tax collector. He just says to him, come follow me. Matthew goes... All right. So he got up and followed him. You see, when things are simple, it's really easy to make the simple choices. Maybe for us, as we think about what we have in our pockets and in our accounts, whether it's loads or it's few, the question for us has to be, Do I live simply with this? Do I live simply with this? Knowing that I follow a Jesus that promised me life in all its fullness and that the best can be found in the least. Let me pray for you. God, thank you that you... um, You understand the circumstances that we find ourselves in. You understand the complexity and the chaos in our lives. God, I thank you that your creation echoes this sense of out of chaos and into simplicity. Out of chaos and into a pattern where we find you present in the smallest and most beautiful things. So God, I pray that as we live our lives and we live out of our uh, bank accounts and as we make our choices, as we're purchasing, whatever those things are and as we um, do the rest of our lives, God, I pray that you would help us find you present in the smallest of things. In Jesus' name, amen.